get your health questions answered by experts. 13 now, 13 minutes past 11. Welcome to the third and final hour of the Talking Point, and it's Wednesday, it's health. So the last week of April, which is the 24th to the 30th of April, is marked as World Immunization Week. It aims to highlight the collective action that's needed to protect people from vaccine-preventable diseases. And this year, the Health Fraternity commemorates this week under the banner of the big catch-up. The World Health Organization says that it's working with partners to support countries to get back on track to ensure more people are protected from preventable diseases. One of the viruses they are highlighting this year is the human papillomavirus, HPV. I'm probably butchering it, but they will explain it better to me. Uh, They say it is a common virus that can cause certain cancers uh, later in our adult life and recommends early immunization to prevent it from spreading. We're talking this issue with Dr. Shanghai Mutambawira, a medical doctor. What what is that? Did I say that correctly, Shanghai? Dr. Mutambawira. (laughs) Papilo who? That's right. You're saying it better than I can say it in a general rule. So don't be saying to be that. Yes, Mutambawira, but your, your, your take on it is perfectly reasonable. So, I mean, why is it necessary for us to even be having conversations still about world immunization? Oh, yeah. It's a big issue, and I'm, I'm not a vaccinologist by any stretch of the imagination, but I do have a very special interest in human papillomavirus, and I will run through a little bit why that made me take up the, 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 the gauntlet of discussing vaccination with you. On top of that, I must admit my voice is gone because I was very naughty. I haven't had my Ooh. flu back this Ooh. year, so it serves me right, basically. I should have had my flu back. Maybe we'll touch up that a little bit later. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, so the first thing I think we, we must remember that the human body is actually, in fact, all, all, all animals have got a very complicated and efficient way of protecting the, um, on, from different things like and that sort of thing. And for our purposes, there are two types of, uh, of, of ways of preventing like a bacteria entering your body and making you sick. One is what we call an innate immunity, which is based partly on something called white blood cells, a specific version of white blood cells. But it's also like even the skin, it, it protects you from things getting inside. There are other things that are in your bloodstream and in your tissue that can trap bacteria and that sort of thing. And this innate like, um, immunity is basically relatively non-specific. It's just it's just anything that comes in, it's going to try to stop it, basically. So it doesn't learn much, and it can't really be um, trained to, to do many things for the vast majority. The second part is what we call acquired immunity. And this is based almost solely on these what we call the white blood cells, which are, these, they look white under the microscope. And their job is, for different types of them, but their job is basically to collect information about nasty things in your body, even your own cells, which are nasty, and then produce things, uh, cells that go and kill these. The, the, the nasty. This is, uh, often has a memory, and it can be made to, to respond quicker each time you've been exposed to them. Each bacteria, virus, or cancer, or whatever, has different responses to these things. But the point is that almost all vaccines are essentially trying to train these white blood cells to do things actually prevent you getting infections in the future. 
Let's, uh, you know, maybe start the focus on children's immunization. From what age to what age is it necessary to uh, immunize children? And what generally are children immunized against? It's, uh, it's, there are different time schedules for different countries, but for South Africa, the main ones we've got uh, are they're, they're essentially the five different vaccines that we, 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 uh, we're, we're rolling out to every child. One is tuberculosis, which is a, a, an infection. It's a, usually an airborne infection. Um, it's a bacteria, slow-growing, but it can cause, it cause, it cause damage to any part of the body. And it's really important for us to remember that this is one of those, if, 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 if you don't get vaccinated for it, especially in a country like ours with, with HIV, that is a big issue for, um, for, for, for um, preventing problems uh, in the future. There's also measles, which is uh, a, a virus infection, which actually causes pimples and things like that. And remember, all of these, the reason why they're all being vaccinated is because they can actually kill the baby and, the, and, they, and they, even in adults, they can, be, they can cause death. We also have something called bacteria, which is uh, it, it produces a toxin, the bacteria, which then can cause a very severe form of pneumonia. Um, then we also uh, are using we also have uh, the, the the other vaccines that we're using there. There are two other ones I've forgotten out of hand because I said I'm not a vaccinologist. Mm-hmm. But basically, all of them are are going to be given uh, to prevent us having a problem in the future and to protect our children. Those schedules are different. Initially, the first measles is given in the first six months, usually. After that, TB and them are being... And each of them has a different way of how they're training these mm. white blood cells to do stuff. Uh, I mean, for example, we, there are basically five different ways uh, that, that we can make a vaccine. Some of them are where the, the bacteria or virus is inactivated. Sometimes it's, 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 it's these bacteria and, and, and uh, viruses are made to be less nasty, so they can still give a little bit of a problem, a bit of a symptom, that, like, for example, flu vaccine, where some people do get a little bit of a small flu because of it, it because the fact that, that, that virus is not um, completely inactivated, but it does have, uh, it, and so it can cause that. Yeah. And then I want to go to break, uh, uh, Dr. Shanghai, uh, but I want to also come back and talk adult uh, immunization uh, because just a couple of years ago, uh, two or three years ago, there was this big immunization drive, of course, we know against what, uh, but I want to talk whether or not, you know, uh, adults uh, can get uh, immunized. You just told me yourself about how you didn't go get the flu vaccination, and that's why here you are sick today as you're talking to me. I want to understand the issue of adult immunization and its effectiveness uh, when I come back from break. We're talking World Immunization Week with Dr. Shanghai Mtambawira, who's an MD. For all your medical care and needs, ask our doctors. Welcome back. It's World Immunization Week. World Immunization Week is celebrated in the last week of April and it aims to highlight the collective action that is needed to protect us from vaccine-preventable diseases. Adults and immunization, Dr. Shanghai? First of all, let's just recognize, because I know, like you were saying, with the, with the, particularly with the COVID pandemic and all the, the, the information and misinformation that came out, a lot of people think that vaccinations can actually be so many side effects and other issues, which they can, but the point is that they're absolutely necessary. Let's take a step back about uh, where vaccination name even comes from. 
It's the vaca actually means it's in purple. And the first originally produced major um, vaccine was was for smallpox. And why, why, how it was developed in the 1700s was because they, they used some relatively unethical methods, to be honest. But they inoculated uh, children with cowpox, which is a very similar vaccine, uh, uh, sorry, infection. But then they, it, it showed that there was protection against smallpox. And when you look at smallpox, for example, smallpox, actually, when you look at the, when the, the, the settlers first arrived in, uh, in, in America, the vast majority of, 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 the, of the country was uh, inhabited by American Indians and native people. And there were wars and this sort of thing. More than 70% of people who died in, from the native people were from infections, particularly smallpox. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why their population was so decimated. It was just because they, they didn't have immunity to this, to the, to this, to this, to this uh, infection. So I think we know that there, there's no other medical uh, therapy that has saved more human lives than, than vaccination. So I think, first of all, remember vaccinations, they, have, have some, they may have some side effects, but they need, they're going to be needed for the vast majority of people, especially our children, but also in adults. Now, in adults, the main places where we're going to be looking for vaccinations depend are, are in, for uh, influenza, for COVID. Both of them are very similar viruses. We sometimes have to get boosters for the other things like, like the tetanus, which is one of the ones that kids get, which is called whooping cough. Mm. Sometimes we have to get boosts for, for diphtheria. And also remember hepatitis, uh, which is an infl- in, a viral infection of the liver, which leads to, can lead to liver cancers and, and damage to make your liver stop working. So you go in like, um, you go into what we call cirrhosis. It's important for us to check that as well. Going forward, the, I think the one that we're really concentrating now on, especially not just in adults really, but more, it, 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 it is more in early, early to early puberty, mm. is the human papillomavirus. Now, HPV is, extremely common virus and there are about more than 300 different varieties of it but there are about four to eight to nine of them that are really nasty and why they're nasty is because what they can do is they can cause they cause one of the most common cancers in South Africa which is cervical cancer it's also probably the the second leading cause of death from cancer in South Africa Mm. it's it's basically a cancer of of the womb of the bottom part of the womb which can then cause Severe problems, including holes into the bladder, holes into your anus and rectum, can cause you to have major issues. And the human papillomavirus is essentially, if you've had sex for our purposes, you have the HPV. You have the HPV. Most of those HPV infections will go away. And and does it matter whether that sex is protected or not? Not really, because okay. the, unfortunately, they, they, you can still get it around, the, like, for example, if you're using a condom. Okay. It doesn't always have to be on the penis itself. It can be around the area. So mm-hmm. for our purposes, we don't, we, if, if you had sex, and, and it's not just um, a penetrative vaginal sex, but also anal sex, also oral sex, all of these, you're going to be exposed to HPV. Mm. And the HPV, as I said, they, with all these, most viruses, some of them go away. The viruses, what they're doing is all they're doing, they go into your cells, into your nucleus, and plant themselves on your genetic material and then tell the, the body to make more of itself so that they get more of them and then it gets spread. And these HPV uh, vaccinations, particularly because we know that everybody who's had sex essentially is going to have HPV, is that we the, the vaccines are ideally suited for being given to female and male child children before they become sexual active, first of all, and also because their immunity is very nicely primed early on we usually talk about doing it in around the age of 11 to 14 in children. And that's not just for females, but also for males. Because remember, the anal cancers, oral cancers, 
all of these things can be highly caused by HPV. And on top of that, for the guys, remember, there's a cancer of the penis as well, which is about half of those are caused by HPV. So I think we really need to start considering, because, I mean, the government actually did a really great rollout um, from uh, 2018, where they um, basically all... School, school children in, in, in uh, government schools have been offered and given HPV vaccination. It's going to make such a huge difference going forward because this is going to prevent us having this huge burden of can- these various cancers and also helping to make sure that we don't actually um, uh, die from these cancers as well. So if a child misses that HPV uh, immunization when they're, you know, they're, they're young, is it something that they sort of can be immunized still uh, against when they're adults? And also HPV is if it does become a cancer in the body, does it affect more women than men or in equal number? Oh, no. The females, okay, let's break it down. For our purposes, there's, there's cervical, there's uh, anal and rectal, there's oral, and then there's the penile. The one which is the least common by far is penile cancer. It's a very, it's like you get, it's like five and a hundred thousand people get this. Really not very common. Mm. But if you look at, at the most common is cervical cancer. And the reason being that the viruses, they're not really tough things. And if you're on the exposed skin of the penis, obviously it's not going to really give you too much trouble. Mm. But when you're in the nice moist area within the, around the cervix and the vagina, it's a great place for it to breathe and to live. And that's why you can get, depending on which data you're looking at, you're probably looking at about a hundred times more common cervical cancer, a thousand times more common cervical cancer, sorry, than, than penile cancer. Yes. But, but then oral pharyngeal, the oral ones, the throat ones, the neck, and the ones for the anus and rectum. Also, they're nice, moist areas. So it's also a nice little area for people to develop these uh, the cancers, the virus to reproduce. So again, the, 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 the point is that the oral pharyngeal and rectal cancer are far more common than penile cancer, but far less common than, uh, than, than probably 10 times less common than, than, uh, than, than cervical cancer. Okay. So, and then is there a vaccine you can still get as an adult to try and prevent the potential cancer that comes as a result of HPV? If you missed it, if you missed the, 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 the vaccination, the immunization, I'm sorry, as a child. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's, the data is getting more and more that we can use it. Even We want to do it, as I said, initially when they're not sexually active and in the younger ages where their immunity is. but And that's where we, we, we're looking to see that we've got maybe about a 90, 95% chance that they'll never get cervical cancer. But even after you've been sexually active or been even and, and essentially at any age, we now say for females, for guys, it's usually a little bit more, we still haven't got, come to consensus on that. Mm-hmm. But any female, it's worthwhile to get the vaccination at almost any age. And you should be considering at least the four big nastiest versions of HPV, but there's also one where there's nine different um, uh, viruses in the in the in the, 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 the in the in the vaccine. Mm. They both work very well, but the nonavirus, the one for nine, is probably a little bit better because it does seem to have a, a, a fairly stronger uh, efficacy to prevent some of the other nasty ones that c- could also cause cervical, anal, and, uh, and oral cancer. Okay, I want to come back and talk the flu vaccine, uh, the one you forgot to go get, uh, and and why it is that people have to keep going back on an annual basis. And I think that's the confusion, particularly with the flu vaccine, that 
how come I have to keep, you know, I got it last year. Why do I have to go back and get it again uh, next uh, this year? Why do people even have to try and get uh, the flu vaccine to prevent the flu still in uh, 2023? We're talking um, the World Immunization Week, which is marked on the 24th to the 30th of a- every April. It's the last week of April, and it's a World Health Organization-driven initiative, and we're talking with uh, Dr. Shanghai about it. But it's 11.30 now. It's time for the news headlines. Kamuhelo Teledi is standing by. Welcome back. It's 11.31. Now we are talking with Dr. Shanghai Mtabawira, uh, who is an MD, and uh, it's because the last week of April is marked as World Immunization Week, and it aims to highlight the collective action we need to take to protect ourselves from vaccine-preventable diseases. I had asked about the flu, but it turns out there's a listener who beat me to it on voice note, Dr. Shanghai. Let's hear okay. what they asked. Okay, G, uh, good morning to the doctor. Your guest there. Um, I just want to know, man, why is it that um, when you go for the flu vaccine, a um, couple of days later you do get the flu vaccine, uh, then you do uh, pick up the flu. But when you ask about it to your MDs, your doctors, and then they will tell you, you must first get it to fight the flu. So what's okay. the need then for getting the flu vaccine if you're still going to get it? Um, the reason for, for my asking is I believe in herbs and natural cures and my wife is actually, she's a clinical nurse practitioner and she's, I won't say pro-pharma, um, but she believes in all these pills because she works with it every day. But um, I've, I've had, I was a diabetic and I cured my diabetes with a, with a better lifestyle and, um, and also with my herbs. And the correct food i'm not talking about pizzas you know these western foods i'm talking about the real foods so um these immunizations and all these stuff that's i really don't believe in it man <laughs> that's but that's only my two cents do you want to take that dr shanghai i will take i will take it mm-hmm. yeah i understand what he's saying that I, I completely agree that a healthy lifestyle not smoking eating exercising uh, not having excess of alcohol and that thing, and not being stressed, because stress itself pushes your immunity down, are the big five for, for us to make sure that we're trying to live as healthy as possible. But having said that, we do know that even the most fit person can have a problem. I think COVID sort of showed us how, how this, how, why, why he's asking about why you get infections for the, for, and other, why you get symptoms from the flu vaccine. What happened with COVID is we was such a huge thing and every we covered everyone with a pandemic. It wasn't just in a specific small areas because remember each part of the world has flus at some stage and almost always they're slightly different strains of these viruses which are there. COVID was all over the place, so that's why we all had to get similar vaccination. But remember, even going forward, they were talking about boosters because. Some, these vac- vac- these, these uh, viruses are very clever things. And we know that if, if, you, if you put pressure on them, they, the ones that are being killed will say, oh, or not being able to infect, will say, okay, listen, I'm going to change one or two things, and then the next one can be even more virulent, and that sort of thing. And that's why COVID was such a big issue. Mm. When it comes to flu, because it, it doesn't really spread to every person in the world, like, like COVID basically did, it's, your, each area is slightly different. And what happens is that we, the vaccinologists sort of like predict which strain is going to most likely to come up. 
And then they put about four or five or six strains. I'm, I'm, I'm not a vaccinologist, but that's essentially what they're doing. They're putting different different strains into this flu vaccine, and they're what we call live attenuated viruses, which means that they're alive, but they're attenuated, which means that they're not as nasty as the as one that, you, that if you got it and as wild type in the in the in the general environment. So that's why if you some people when they get this, you'll get a bit of inflammation at the sites. That's the most common of where the injection is. That's the most common thing. But there are quite a few people who get a bit of a flu. But like I said, and why we I'm particularly bad as a doctor is that I I didn't take my flu vaccine. I'm a danger not only to me because I I I, I probably if I had my flu vaccine I wouldn't be feeling as bad as I'm feeling right now mm. because the thing would have been better. But also um, when you're exposing to you expose other people to your the, the viruses that's a problem and that's why almost every doctor should be getting flu vaccine if not they've got some underlying problem because you are seeing patients who are sick. You get the diabetics if you give them that your flu. It's going to be a bigger issue. So although now I probably got my immunity for this part of this flu thing, I might be missing one or two. So it's still important for me to, even though I've had it, to still go for a flu vaccine because I may, I may not have been exposed to one of the other uh, variants which we think might be coming up. Yeah. So, I mean, do people who have taken the uh, the COVID uh, vaccine still need to take a flu vaccine as we get into winter? Yeah, short answer is yes. They're different, different types of, they're basically different viruses. They do slightly different things. They do have all going to the lungs and that sort of thing. But the big issue with COVID particularly is why it was so nasty is because it made our bodies become super angry about, about the virus being in there. And then we overreacted, our bodies overreacted, and that's what caused all, all of our problems. With normal influenza, you can also get very similar reactions, and that's why the vaccine is so good. It's so important, but the point is it doesn't happen as frequently as it did with COVID, and that's where the issue is. So, and because the difference, just like I said in the flu vaccine, there are about four or five different strains there. So the, the way you should look at it is that the COVID is one strain. It's not going to be affected by the flu vaccines. The flu is, is a diff- are different strains. They're not going to affect COVID directly. So the point is that you need to have both essentially, and even if you're uh, and even if you're pregnant or, or, or and often in children, we need to also continue to give the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine if necessary. Now, although that one is sort of going is not as as nasty as it was because we're sort of getting it endemic now. Yeah, there's a listener in Belgium who just wrote to me on WhatsApp and says, "KG, I didn't get the first part of penis rectum cancer. Are these the cause uh, by not being Im- are these caused? Sorry, by not being immunized at an early age." And how do we prevent it? My dad died of prostate cancer, and my friend in South Africa has just gone through rectum cancer. I'm worried. Is there an immunization to prevent this? Oh, yeah. Remember, each cancer is different in any part of your body, be it skin, be it brain, be it prostate, be it your kidney, be it your penis. Everything can get a cancer because all it is is just your body overworking. It's not being controlled. Your, your immune system can't see that it's overworking itself and growing too quickly. And obviously, that's exactly why a vast majority of, 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 of cancers are related to back to viruses. And what I was saying is that for rectal and anal and oral and, um, and, and for penile and for cervical particularly, the vast majority of those, for our purposes, are going to be caused by human papillomavirus. And that's where the HPV vaccination can be helpful. And even in adults, as I said, even if you've been sexually active, it's worthwhile considering getting the HPV vaccination to prevent that. Now, having said that, prostate cancer, although there is some evidence that almost even prostate cancer and many other cancers, which we don't usually associate with human papillomavirus, 
do have some relationship to the virus as well. But that's not the commonest reason why you get prostate cancer. There are other things. It's a lot to do with genetics. It's a lot to do with um, with even the amount of sex that you have. It decreases your prostate cancer if you increase it. So there are other issues. But the point is, I think if his father had had prostate cancer, he's at about five times increased risk of developing prostate cancer. So from his age, from the age of about 40, he should just be going for a blood test called a PSA or prostate-specific antigen. That should help. If he's, if he's, if he's got any sort of the problem with rectal cancers and anal, oral cancers, and even cervical cancers, is that you often don't get too many symptoms initially. So if you are, particularly if you're having sex in the, with, in, in the anus or in the mouth, I would say that once in a while, just go get yourself checked out. But I think the big, big one is really to get a pap smear in women who have not been vaccinated uh, or even if they've been vaccinated late so that we can pick it up early. And it's really just a test where we look under a microscope, see if we've got these nasty HPVs, the bad ones, and also make see what, what the cells are doing. And if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's negative, usually we only have to do, the, do that test about every five years for females. But it's important for us to get that done. And I think, but don't be too worried because stress as well is the biggest issue. It's better to be proactive. Yeah. Dr. Shanghai, if people want to get in touch with your office, how do they do that? My university email okay. is uh, at smu.ac.za. Fantastic. Thank you. Get better. I'm, I'm going I'm to go for my flu. You see, no, you're, you're going to discipline me. Thank you so much, Katie, for disciplining me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. It's 11.40. At Zero, we know there's nothing small about small business. It's starting from scratch. It's the hustle. It's the 9 to 5 and the 5 to 9. We don't think...